So one of the first things we got to do is decide which one of these we think we want to go for, because as you can probably tell, there's different requirements for each. What do you think? Any questions? So John, the player's just reading over everything. So. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I want to take a moment. Jonathan and El Torito are both thinking the same things because I'm in El Torito mode right now. I'm looking at the armament and specifically which ones use catapults. When El Torito had this conversation with Erwin, he was very interested in loading himself into a cannon or a catapult and being launched onto potential enemy vessels. All four of these do have ballista of some sort that you could be launching. This is good. I always yeah. like hearing how everyone's brain is turning because that's not where I expected you to go, but please continue. Yeah, there is a catapult on the top deck of the Damselfly ship. On the Flying Fish ship, it looks like there's a catapult on the Foxel. I'm least interested in the Wasp ship just because I think a little versatility would be good. I mean, yeah. I know. Yeah. So the Wasp ship, I'm not really interested in. Honestly, the damselfly ship, the ability to land anywhere, anywhere yeah. makes that's... it. That's probably the most appealing to to Jonathan and El Torito. Okay, I, this is not a, a thought Una has had. This is a purely Julia thought, which is: if we made the flying fish ship, could we possibly build it in the shape of a duck, like those duck? Boat, mm. you know the amphibious vehicles that like drive around Boston, <laughs> or, or that are out in Seattle. <laughs> as players and characters, but we can do the character stuff in character. But as players, the aesthetics of each of these ships can be changed. So if all of you want a flying fish ship, but then come to a decision that you want it to look like a duck, that can happen. Or or any of the other aesthetics. Basically, I will also say that some small alterations can be made. So for example, if y'all are like, oh, we really want the living ship, but we really need this thing from the other ship, like you can do a, a little bit of mixing and matching. But yes, aesthetically, once you pick kind of the the style of ship that you want, we can make it look like a bunch of different things. So it's kind of like, you know how in Halo, the pelicans are named that because it looks like a pelican in flight with its neck all down and back. That could work with the duck because the foc'sle could be the duck's head sort of back down like like a pelican. I mean, ducks don't really do that, but... It, but fantasy fit. ducks do. What I'm saying is we're taking an artistic liberty because we're fitting it onto the general shape of the flying fish ship. Whoops. And then, I mean, the fins could just be wings and the back end could be a ducktail. So, ooh. ooh. I'm kind of leaning towards living ship. Do the would the characters know like the information about like you know that we see the players? Would the, our characters know what we see in D and D Beyond about like? Yes, everything that I've linked you to is basically everything that Irwin has: the stats, the the basic outline of them, the ballista, and and descriptions. All of that you now have in character. Z would be in for the living ship with the you know. You know, caveat of having a willing treant to help us. You know, that being able to repair itself and uh, clean our air for us, I think is going to be very helpful. That is actually That really stood nice. out to me yeah. a lot, so, the repairing. Yeah. Okay. Also, I just kind of like that aesthetic. Yeah, from a narrative standpoint and also just from a Jack standpoint, like I think the living ship was actually what I was thinking of as, as well. Provided, of course, obviously that it's a willing treant who's willing to help us like... Uh, yeah, I don't want that on my conscience. I will ease your mind. It has to be a willing 
tree end. Got it. It won't actually work if you try to force. So that is that is the assumption on all of your parts. Una in character is gonna lean over and and look at the fact that in general she has always been Irwin's line on anything, and she's gonna say, "Irwin, yes, you know that importing treants that's." It's hard, Erwin, because they're not going to have any kind of documentation. And they are, ironically, for this pace, classified as an invasive species, but it's also illegal importation does fall under trafficking because they are sentient beings enough. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. You don't have to, okay, so, so first off, it's, 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 we're not going to have to do anything mm-hmm. illegal to, if, if you all decide we want to go for the living ship, I have a line and a few places we can go to uh, find a Trient who might be interested in joining our crew, and they are a crew member. They are, sent, we're not, we're not trafficking in anyone. No, 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 no. I don't want to do any of that. It may be a little more difficult because it's going to be like, you know, asking a crew member to to join us like any other crew. And this is a very specialized job. So we might have to, you know, pay them a little bit more. But no, no, no. There's there's nothing that is untoward about anything that we need to do, especially when it comes to to that. It may be more difficult because we need a very specialized crew member. But I, I have some ideas. <laughs> also, OK, the notion of a cool NPC, because I know the last time that Lauren played a tree person, he was delightful. <laughs> bitter you! If we could get like bitter you, Judy, or something like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll consider it. I'll consider it. But yeah, I, okay. So it sounds like it sounds like living ship is kind of we all like different things about the other one, but we like living ship the most. It's got from a character standpoint, and is gonna say. Well, we can get everything at the the yard for most of this, as long as... And she's going to look at Erwin. As long as Erwin can promise us we won't be trafficking in a sentient being. No, 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 of course mm-hmm. not. No, of course not. And even if I was one of those those bad people, uh, you can't force a treant to do this. There's just, there's just no way. You can't uh, force so no. a treant to do anything. This is true. This is very true. So no, there's no traffic. Like I said, all of this is above board now. It's above board when you sign those forms. And she's going to say, I vote for the tree ship. El Torito uh, tentatively votes for the tree tree ship. I do have uh, one one consideration. I noticed on these plans that there is a ballista on the back. Could that be changed to either a cannon or a catapult? Uh, I ask because I have been... I've tried firing myself from a ballista, or, and it did not end well. It's very painful. Uh, however, being fired from a cannon or, or a catapult has been much more enjoyable. I, I think that is incredibly doable. I, I, I can... I can source where to get those parts from, um, but yes, that, I should be able to build. Catapult is probably the way to go. How about uh, uh, Zeph, Daviapin? How about the two of you? What you thinking? What about a trebuchet? Uh, as long as I don't have to be, as long as there is a basket that I am that I'm hurled out of, uh, that should be fine. Uh, it's just during one of the one of my battles in Faerun, I oh, um, I have experience uh, being fired from a catapult or a cannon. El I didn't know you were from my home world. I'm not. Oh, okay. So he buttons up after that. Oh, I do like the idea of the living ship. Triants are very old and have many stories to tell. And I think that they would make a great companion. 
So that actually answers one of my Jack questions about how much we can communicate with the tree ant. It looks like they talk. They're like sentient. Oh, yeah. sentient okay. Yeah. They're a fully sentient creature they're, that they're can sapient, talk. They're sapient, yeah. Okay. Yep. Think tree beard. Cool. This will be, you would know this, essentially, what Erwin is saying is that all the other ships, what you're going to need to do is source parts and maybe a few crew members. If you go for the living ship, there's going to be parts, but then there's also going to be hardcore negotiation with a very specific crew member. But yeah, they are a fully sentient. And then I saw the word mangonel on one of the other ships. What does that mean? I assume that was a cannon or a catapult. I think they're a type of cannon and they fire stones. Oh, like wow. Like big giant i'm trying to remember what the sci-fi show was and where they talk about how once you shoot something off into space it just goes that's mass effect effect, thank you there's some idea of that in spelljammer and wild space of like you can just shoot something and as as long as it escapes your gravitational pull and air envelope it just kind of can go forever so being able to fire like wait is that a fantasy rail gun not a rail gun, because oh, okay. it's, not, it's not incredibly fast, but what it is is incredibly big. Here you guys go. It actually is it a re- Is like... it based on a real thing? Honestly, when you yeah. look up a mangonel, you really do just get, if anybody ever played Age of Empires, if you played Age of Empires, oh, yes. when you make a catapult in Age of Empires, you are actually making... Uh, I'm going to link an image for you guys. Oh, we can make a mini. De- this is an image of a mini desktop kit for a mangonel. <laughs> to get- yeah, I'm looking at. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's 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 fun. They're fun. I don't know if that's going to take, but this is just uh, all the little mangon. God, now I, if we if we make Aww. a mangonel, I. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, right, Age before. of Empires all the way. Right, a hundred percent. Well, when then when you mention trebuchets, I'm like. Yeah, the trebuchet line right outside someone's city. <laughs> and you said it from DuckDuckGo, and we had that conversation Duck earlier, and I imagine just making it, like, the sides of it are, like, mallards. And, like... <laughs> I love it. And honestly, like, we could, we could, this living ship could still be duck-themed. And it just ironically is not a, is is the only, the, the flying fish is the only amphibious... I put it in the chat, but that's my notations. So the damselfly ship is made out of all of them can go through space. All of oh, them are space. Oh, wood, worthy. water. Okay, that's yep. That's, so the damselfly. I looked at that is, and I thought there was like that's what we needed to make it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go collect fifty wood, Coll- five water, and now we yeah, have I a need, ship. Well, I make need sure, you to go knock make sure on this that tree. you're. Yeah, you you got to go and you collect your wood, or or you trade for it. So the wood for sheep. Uh, if exactly. You're, if you're lucky or enough to find that. Find some lands. These are the lands I need in order to play my <laughs> you need living a plane, ship. You need, a, you need a swamp. Playing some Carcassonne now. I am leaning a certain way, but in order to have full consensus. Owen, I want to know, if we were to choose the living ship, what is your biggest concern? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, let me look over my notes to see uh, all the stuff we're going to have to get. So I'll be honest, my biggest concern is not the treant, because you all are nice people, fairly persuasive. So I don't think that's actually, it, it, it'll be complicated, but I don't think that's going to be my, my biggest concern, which actually has nothing to do with which ship we get, because this is just going to be the hard thing. The sails on these ships, in order to make them the right kind of sails, I need dragon scales. Sail. Now, I don't need a lot if we happen to get from a big dragon, you know, maybe probably just five from an adult. Smaller dragons. Probably going to need more. Older dragon, 
if you think you can negotiate with a larger dragon than that, you might even need less. But that is going to be for all four of these ships. And actually, this is a good thing for you to help decide on which ship you want. Let me let me kind of go over some of the things. Erwin, I wish you had told us you just needed mangoes. Dragon scales? Oh, yes. Most of the stuff we can get at the yard are going to be like the basics. But there's some very specific things that I need in order to make this a, a viable spaceship. Because uh, all of them go through, go through space. Uh, the damselfly can land on land. And so can the wasp. The living ship and the flying fish ship can sail on the water. So that's kind of the big difference between those. Some are made of metal. Some are made of wood. The most of what I need for the hull, I can supply myself or I can get from the shipyards. So that's not a big deal. But yes, the sails, I need some dragon scales. They don't have to be a specific type of dragon. I don't necessarily need a ton. I got actually a few ideas on where you might be able to go. We need for all of them Wild Space Ori. He will pull out a little sketch pad that has some notes on it. This is the thing that we need when we get into a wild space system so that we can navigate. Because basically there's there's navigating through the astral everything, which takes one kind of navigation. And then there's being inside of like a wild space system. And that's that's what we need there. Like I said, when we're outside of wild space in the astral sea, we need a navigation orb. It's sometimes called a planar sphere. I'll, I'll write all this out. I hope so you, know. you were going to say it's sometimes called an astrolabe because we're in the astral sea. If only. I mean, we could call it that. It's This is a Julia making a dumb, a dumb. Thank you, Jack, for getting it. As always, <laughs> Julia makes a dumb history reference and is like, people used to have astral There we go. There you go. Oh, so push up me. the yeah, nose. Glasses up uh, the nose, yeah. I was like, oh, astral lamp, because oh, it's the astral sea. And then it's like, nothing. And nothing. Now I can They're build cool. a navigational orb, but I do need a special type of ceramic that I know where we can source some from. But I can build the rest of it. Then we'll obviously need the, the tree end. And then I need, if we go with the wood ship, if we go with that, I don't need nearly as much, but I need some mithril. Because it has to be woven into some of the parts and enchanted with some very special abjuration magic so that, you know, we don't die out in space. All of this, I have sources for where we might be able to find stuff. Uh, although the tree end, I have, to, I have to nail down exactly who to talk to, but I have an idea. There's nothing specifically that I'm the most concerned about besides, yeah, I mean, dealing with dragons is dealing with dragons. Erwin... I'm your source. Do you have other sources? Well, of course. I don't expect you to have to be able to get me everything. I can get you anything. Hmm. Well offended. <laughs> Wait, you get more than fruit? Yes, dear. God, I don't know how you managed to play two different characters <laughs> who can deadpan as the dumbest question in the most perfect way. Or as the smartest question, like as the smartest coming question. from Carlton, that means something completely different than yeah. coming from Zeph. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm very good at that band. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So a lot of the things that I can get here at the on the Radiant Citadel and, and Una things that you can provide are going to be the, the vast majority of the ship. Like the that's what I'm gonna be working on. But these specific things are things I can't get here. And while none of them are, like I said, none of them are illegal or untoward or anything like that, they I need you to go places to get stuff. I can get things. I can 
just have to know somebody in import-export. I know somebody in import-export. I am somebody in import-export. <laughs> then I know someone in export-export too, then. Are you Irwin's I know a guy? <laughs> Una is actually kind of Irwin's I know a guy. That's what we talked about in the last Irwin is like, I will buy it from Una. The funny thing being, yeah, Una is, real, Una is realizing right now that you are not Irwin's soul. Only I know, I know a guy. Yeah. yeah. Irwin has been around for a while. Been around for a while, has had to source a lot of very uh, weird things for the stuff that he invents. So, yeah. So out of character, I'll ask, are there any questions? And if we decide that you don't want to make the, the final decision right now, basically with the exception of the tree end, a lot of this stuff I can basically lay out for you to go get and you can make a decision later. So this isn't like you have to make a decision before the end of this show. I really like the idea of the living. I feel like it would be fun. Both Dunton and El Torito were... Uh, not as sold on the living ship, but uh, now both of us are. Una likes the idea of the living ship because she likes the idea of shit that's going to be hard to come by. And she's like feeling very uh, like her pride is a little. She's liked the idea of the living ship, but she likes the idea of being like, I'll get you the shit you need. You don't need to know a guy. I mean, that's also part of uh, Z's thing is the exploration aspect of it, of being able to find the things and hear the stories that the Triant tells and as an anthropologist and archaeologist that intrigues them. Fun fact, if you are an archaeologist, you are already an anthropologist. Yeah. It is there a subfield of anthropology. Good to know. Jack and Thuvyuppen? We're both sold on the living ship. Excellent! I was going to say, and Thuvyuppen agrees, you know, just because both of us have to do what to do the voice, right? Absolutely. That's half the fun. Half the reps on this voice, too. It's it's not the easiest one to do. And you know what? If it changes, that's okay. That's <laughs> okay. D&D. Listen, Erwin has changed four times in the last time, you know, in, in all four of the games that we played as I went back no, and listened. I'm like, he's oh. Just, he's just code switching. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh, Jackie broke me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm excited. It sounds like uh, the living ship is the one we want to go for. I'm going to need to start getting a lot of wood. Absolutely. And I should make sure that smells good because that'll that'll help with convincing the tree in. Okay, excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, so, living ship, I will draw up the plans. Any questions? This is a this is a dumb question. This is there like, no, I don't there even are know no if Uno dumb questions. Would wood offend a tree in? No. Do treants find the lumber industry offensive? No, because trees are not sentient creatures. So as long as none of the wood, it's not, it's actually a really good question for fantasy realm like this. These trees were my friends. A nope, wizard so... should know better. <laughs> I think they're more just against the over-harvesting. Yeah, that's true. That's forests. true. That's true. That's oh, yeah. true. That's yeah, true. Like ethical farming. Think about it that way. It's ethical farming. And and in fact, a lot of tree ends are the protectors of the forest which does include sometimes you have to cut down trees if you know That's the true. forest is getting too thick or if trees are starting to die. So yes, those the wood that you're getting for the ship are from non-sentient trees. The tree you have to go negotiate with. As somebody who just uh, had the front steps of their porch replaced, I've learned a lot about uh, how great cedar is. <laughs> Not just from a smelling good point, but from a like high quality cedar for building. That would be my my vote. 
Lebanon's in the Bible for a reason. And not just because it was like right next door to where right. everything was happening. <laughs> true, true. Not like just like a neighboring not, place. Not, not just, not the proximity, it, sure. It, it just happened to be there and convenient. <laughs> now just imagine like Wilson, like from Lebanon, like peeking over one side of the fence. I did a mechanical question about like sort of the sourcing, the materials, and everything. Yeah, it sure. It looks like the way we're pacing it, like the first adventure is going to be, I think you may have told us this already, like putting the ship together. So in terms of Comparing it to Campaign 1, Campaign 1's the greenest storyline, like, Campaign 1, or, like, part, like, 1 of the campaign was greenest, like, the greenest campaign, right? And then part 1 here is basically the building of the ship. Is that accurate? That, that'd be accurate, yeah. The, the campaign is kind of split into two big parts. Build the ship, and then go out and do adventures in space. Okay. So, the list of stuff that you need to source... There's no specific order you have to do it in, although Erwin, like he said, he still has to do a little bit of research for uh, Triant stuff. Also, if any of your characters, like Luna has been talking about, have, have a legitimate reason where th they might know, like, where to get dragon scales from a dragon that you know or something, we can definitely look at other ideas, but... I feel like El Torito would know where to get Mithril. That sounds like something. I guess you're a barbarian, so you wouldn't really wear armor, huh? No. I forget uh, about that. Yeah. Nope. Oh. But, El Torito, you do know a lot of dwarves, right? El Torito does know his share of dwarves. Specifically Faerunian dwarves, right? Specifically Faerunian dwarves, yes. Okay. You don't have to say anything in character, but you will notice as Erwin pulls out the list of supplies and the stuff that he needs and some of the places that he is sourcing places from... The coating of mithril that he needs to get enchanted with abjuration magic, specifically the place that he is going to suggest is uh, the Marfil Ironworks in San Sedlan. But he does have a little note next to it about if we could get to Faerun, the dwarves there would have some amazing supply. But he has no current way of getting to Faerun. So I'll say you do specifically clock that. He just kind of rocks back on his heels a little bit and just lets that one lets that one go for now. All right. Any any other questions? I was just gonna wonder like, is when this thing's built, is Erwin coming with us? Oh yes, absolutely. I'm coming with you. That this is this is my my capstone on my years of being adventure. An inventor is finally being able to say I built my own ship. Flew out into wild space. And after that, like, I'm I'm not too partial about where we go. I just want to be able to say that I built one. Hmm. Same, except I want to be able to say that I don't care where we go. I just want to be able to say that I left. We will definitely leave. Una's going to say, well, most of this, the basics at least, you can get in the shipyard. And she picks up the stack of Forbes and she says, so here's what we're going to do before I go so I can get these processed because it's going to take if we rush it, about two and a half weeks to get you in the system, and then you're going to have to be issued your ID. And so she's like, and she pulls up the, the stack of paperwork, and she says, I've marked everywhere you need to sign. Are you just talking to uh, Irwin or to Irwin? To Irwin. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. And he takes it, and he adds it to the stack of the plans for all of the ship ships and the information on all of the parts that he needs to source and like that whole stack of information that he's pulled out of a folder he just adds it to the top of that absolutely and she's gonna say and you can list on your form you you have up to seven names that can be allowed to go in under your 
your official buyer membership. And then she looks over at the VIP and she says, what's your day job? Illusionist. I don't know if that's going to pass clearance. And she looks over to Z and says, how about you, darling? I tend to find myself mostly working in, like, there's like a museum up in here in the, like, our cultural center. It's a cultural center, not a museum. Okay. I find myself mostly working in the uh, back rooms of the cultural center, vlogging different things from different denizens that come and find themselves adding to our rich history here on the Citadel. And then occasionally I go out into the wild to find things to bring back to the cultural center. She looks over at Orin. They will pass clearance. You should list them as an additional. Oh, I figured I'd just list you all and then leave room for the name of the tree ant. Don't list me. And Erwin very clearly all of you see a very confused look come over his face, but he he just nods at you. Great. All right. Well, if we're settled on the ship, let me get you the list of stuff and you can kind of decide where you want to go from there. Splendid. The Distinguished Adventurers are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and more. Every week there's something new happening in the game, and it's available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on July 30th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. S-K-I-O-T-A-W-S-P-I-O-N. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. I'll say out of character, I'm going to get you this information. I'm just going to kind of go through it real quick right now as he's, Erwin's going to describe everything. And like I said, you can do this in any order or if any of you have any ideas of ways that your character might be able to get access to something, I am more than willing to, to chat. So Erwin already talked about the dragon scales. The sails of these ships need to be basically made out of stretched and treated dragon scales. The type of dragon does not matter, although the larger the dragon, the fewer the scales that are needed. Hilarious that we all know lots of dragons. I was going to say, can my Noah guy be Thontravac? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, getting to Faerun, as we've discussed, kind of difficult. That's why... The ship would get you to Faerun. Right now on the Radiant Citadel, you have access to some very specific places that are connected directly to the Radiant Citadel. The nice thing about the dragon scales is that the type of scales that you get will give a bonus to the ship as a resistance to that type of element. So if you get some black dragon scales, your ship is going to be resistant to acid damage. Sounds like since it's a living ship, we should probably find... Either red or gold dragon scale. Gold. I think we should go for a gold dragon. Yes. Hey, not a fan of the reds. I hear that. Uh, I hear that the gold, the gold dragons also breathe fire. So that, and they are yes. generally easier to negotiate with. Uh, I fear if we have to go with red dragon scales, we won't have to kill it, and that involves killing a red dragon, which uh, I have not done. But uh, it sounds hard. It is, and and um, it's. Nice that you mentioned a red dragon, because I, of, of the two places I think you might be able to source some scales, uh, one of them actually might be a red dragon. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so 
one of the places. They've got this legend about a, a dragon protector, and recently I've heard some some reports that a red dragon has shown up and claimed to be that protector. So there, there's actually some questions about whether that dragon is legit or not. Now, if they're legit, they're a protector and you might be able to just negotiate with them. And if they're not legit, then they're lying to those people and dealing with them might be a good thing. I don't know. You're going to have to talk to those people. I've, I've, I've got some suggestions. But also, if you end up going to, oh, there's this place that has a whole bunch of, have you, have you ever heard of a, a Bacanua? And everybody can make nature checks for me. I would like for my pun to be acknowledged. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not hear your pun. I said Bacana what? Which apparently she's Bacana heard of where? Bacana who? Bacana why? Bacana Rather, unfortunately, though, that doesn't work because I rolled a soft 20, so. Okay. Or dirty 20, I guess. El Torito, what's your uh, nature? 14. Zeph, yours? Z got a 19. So all of you have an idea of what a, a Bacanua is, actually. I'll say Thaviapin and El Torito, while you know all of this information, you might not have like a clear picture of what these creatures look like. They are a type of dragon. They are, they're a rarer type of dragon that you know in one of the lands that's connected to the Radiant Citadel. In the Diawonglon Archipelago, there are many of these, or there used to be at least. And they are also considered protectors and essentially local types of dragons. So you you all know that. You also know that they are very, very old. The ones that are there, it's very rare to see them and they're incredibly old. And Erwin goes on to say, I, I do know that there's been a, a few of the Bakanua that have shown up recently and I've got a, a local expert who would be willing to, to help you out and maybe you can negotiate with one of them. And the fun thing about the the Bakanua is I actually know a little more about it than I normally would because so it's back it's back there. I don't know if you can see it, but the Islands of Sina Una is a a pre-colonial Filipino mythology book. Oh, oh cool. Mm -hmm. oh. It's super cool. It's super cool. And I have some friends who worked on it. And the Bakanua is a serpent-like dragon from Filipino mythology that is not only in that book, but then the the adventure in Journeys of the Radiant Citadel that is based in a world that has a lot of that pre-colonial Filipino mythology has the Bakanua in it. It's super cool. Super, I, And I will, I do heartily suggest if you do feel like reading any of the adventures in the Radiant Citadel, you can go ahead. I'm not doing any of the specific adventures. So don't feel like you're going to be spoiled on anything. I might be pulling things like people, places, that kind of thing. But the actual adventures that are in there, I'm not doing. So please feel free to read anything in that book that you want to. The only thing you need to know is just the, the couple of pages of the Radiant Citadel chapter. And even that, if you forget something, I'm here to help. Well, anyway. Certainly explains the archipelago. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was going to yeah. say, it also had very, like, Wizard of Earthsea. It felt very Wizard of Earthsea. Oh, mm. Okay, okay. No, that's cool. So Erwin explains he's got these two places for dragon scales. He will go on. Uh, so the Wild Space Orrery. I know that there's a lot of giants who make these. That it, it's kind of a speciality of theirs. They they tend to have them for their flying castles. But, you know, there, there's some others that you can deal with. And I, I happen to know that there's some fire giants that are in Teltepec. 
there's there's some fire giants there that the locals have been negotiating with and they've got one of those flying castles and so they might have if not an orrery that they're willing to part with maybe they know a place to source one so that's that's potential where you can get that el torito's gonna speak up on that one it's like i have not had much dealings with the fire giants from my uh homeland i am from telepec but uh um, oh yes. I at least can get a, show you the lay of the land from where I'm from, and maybe that will help help us. And after we deal with fire giants, I can say that uh, swim in one of our cenotes would be most refreshing. That does sound lovely. Spoiler alert: swimming in a cenote is very refreshing. Is that mm-hmm. what is behind you? In fact, that is, perhaps oh, a lovely uh, what, cenote. What you know? That's my background. Hey. Uh, I don't think I swam at this specific cenote, but it was one that was very similar. In uh, it was. It just, is a very refreshing experience hmm. so let me ask since el torito's from teletepec i'm gonna say you know that fire giants are just a normal part of that world do you think you know any fire giants i don't think so uh, okay unless they came to the to the village uh on the cenote around the cenotes specifically but i don't think el torito or his family would have sought them out because okay. and it's probably like I'm sure they're friendly, but it's sort of like fire giants are are fiery and giant, and goblins are small. So uh, yeah. uh, some of us are aware of when a fire giant encountered a small cobalt in some mines, and it it, it was played by Chris Perkins, and and they go they go spurt days. spurt. <laughs> I will say it's, you may not know any fire giants personally. Your family may not know you. You may not have even encountered any, but you you are very well aware that there are quite a few that live uh, in your land, and that in general there is an amicable relationship, and that a lot of the distance that's kept is just a matter of they are huge and you are small. So, right. but there are amicable relationships with all of them. Right. And then Erwin will go on to the the last few things. Okay, so so that's for the Ori. For the navigational orb, I can make one of these. I know how to make one of these, but there's a very special type of ceramic that I need that I can't just get anywhere because it's it's kind of one of the the, the main things. But, but I do know that one of the places that makes this kind of ceramic in Yangjing, they have that whole kiln district where they make all the really nice ceramics. And I know a lot of it is is for decorative stuff, but a bunch of it, they can make the special type that I need for the orrery. So that may be the easiest one. You may just need to go with some money and go buy some ceramic. Una says, so you need like the real thing. Like if it, um, you... Because I have genuine Yangjing ceramics at the shop, but you need not. They make this specific. So when they make it, if they make it as just like for an actual display piece or something like that, that's a different, slightly different process. The stuff that I need, they make for navigational orb. It's very important that you get the real stuff because the last thing you want to be doing is flying through the astral sea and have your navigational orb not work right. I think that would actually make for a hilarious set of adventures. <laughs> it, it might. It if might. Una showed up with a knockoff Yangjing astral orb piece and was like, "I got it." <laughs> that that could be that could be a problem, but but for the moment, Irwin is going to, like I said, hopefully you can just go to the kiln district and go buy some. That that might be expensive, but the easiest thing. 
The mithril that we'll need, because we're getting a, a wood ship, I don't need nearly as much, which is good. But like I said, the Marfil Ironworks on Sansatlan, I know they make this type of mithril. I think they even have enchanters who can help with the whole enchantment thing. That might also be one where you're able to just go and buy it. But, you know, you got to go talk to those folks. And then finally, we need to hire a treant. That's the only one that I don't have I know that we need to talk to a master shipwright who probably is in the Feywild. And I haven't quite figured out how to get a direct line of communication there, but I'm working on it. And by the time we need to hire a treant, I will have a line for you. Yes, Aviapin, I hear you laughing. Oh, so this is more of a Jack thing. I'm like thinking like... Is the the Feywild like like the Mojo verse in the Marvel universe, where you know there is a multiverse or whatever, but there's only one Mojo verse and there's only one Mojo, right? So I know is this from a recent movie or is this? It wasn't like, from the uh, movie; it's from the comics. But like, okay, good. So basically, there's like a multiverse, different realities or whatever. But the Mojo verse, where Mojo like gamifies and makes reality TV out of the X Men, right? There is only one of those, right? And only I'm wondering everyone. if the Feywild is kind of the same way, where like we happen to run into like a party of people trying to escape a party that looks very familiar i like the idea that it's always the same feywild well and it kind of is the the feywild is its own plane of existence that is layered on top of the material plane and a lot of the other places that you are and so while the echo of where the where you are right now in the feywild may be different than other places in the feywild it is it's like saying i'm on the material plane it's like saying i'm on the plane of fire it's like it is the same plane of existence. So technically, yes. If and when you ever go to the Feywild as these characters, there's a chance you could meet some familiar faces. <laughs> familiar to players, not to the character. Familiar to the audience. There yeah. is one the audience. face that would be familiar to El Torito from the previous campaign. Mm. That's how he returned from uh, Feyrude. I've, I told you about this one, Lauren. I know, I know, but I'm excited that you're, you're dropping little hints for the players. Just a little hint. Just a little hint. So that's that's the list. I'll get this all written out for you so that you have it because I kind of went through everything so fast. Like I said, all of this should be obtainable above board without any sort of issues. But I know that, you know, some of it may be difficult and some of it may require some negotiation and some of it, well, um, you probably can just go ahead and buy it. Some of it might be a lot of money. So we might need to do some, you know, negotiations to do something else with people. I don't know, because I don't have 5,000 gold pieces in order to get the ceramic that we need. We also may need to take on some side jobs as a way to source money. Uh, as speaking from some experience, adventurers are very well paid. As many of you know, the work is quite dangerous. So that might be something that we have to consider if uh, funds become a, a concern. And I can definitely send you on some paths to get some funds for sure. But my main goal is going to be our ship. Whatever we're calling it. Wild flow. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to go ahead and pause our adventures. And the next time we get together, you'll have the full list of stuff you need to go after and can make some decisions on what you would like to go after first. I really like the idea that... Una would like to tell everybody she's going to get us a government grant and instead just forge some paperwork to get the funding for this ceramic. <laughs> and that's not going to come back to bite her in the ass at all. You know what? And if, if Una does want to do any of that, we can we can definitely talk about that. We can have some roles. We can have some roles happen. But we'll do that next time. 
I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see this the, is... the ship that you're gonna build. Also, I'm excited for the moment that El Torito is gonna launch himself <laughs> out of the ship. Space. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Jesse Florence, Forrest, a.k.a. StabbyQuest, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.